Yo, 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 checking in. That's another segment of Sticking to the Code. Yo, I'm talking about we right in here, live and direct in the Bay Area, San Francisco, Hunters Point to be exact. And that's what we started off with. The segment that we're talking today about is the man and the grocery store. I was on my way home today driving from work. So I uh, decided to go to the grocery store, pick up a few things to help out with dinner. As I'm in the grocery store, see a bunch of familiar faces, old people from the community, security guards there, et cetera, et cetera. You know, the, the basics of a um, black man going into a grocery store. Anywho, I only grabbed about three, four items. So I get into the 15 items or less line. I wasn't trying to wait in them long ass lines all the way down there. They had lines of about 15 to 20 to 30 people long. I'm finna get to the 15 items or less because I got about four items. I got 15 items and it's less. So, therefore, as I'm uh, getting in line, paying for my things, I hear this black man going off about everything, though. It's a lady in the front with about 20 items holding up the line. He like, that's more than 15 items. She shouldn't be in here. I'm like, that's real. Then he turned around and tell me, those men in Philadelphia, those men out there, those, those black men are weak. I would have sued them. There's no way in hell that we would have got kicked and sent to jail in the Starbucks and those men would have been sued. The police department need to be sued. They set us back 50 years. I said, who? Nigga, they said you back 50 years. They ain't set me back. So he's like, he started going on this rant and this rave. You could tell this was a real black Swahili type, Wakanda type black brother. Like he was raised with the shikis around his head at night. They did all type of rituals to him before he went to sleep. And he woke up singing the drinking gourd. I'm talking about you would think he had Harry Tubman tattooed on the back of his neck. That's how pro-black this man was. But as I'm like, he keep talking to me, he keep going, I'm listening to him. They set us back. There's no way in hell that would have happened. And nobody would have got sued. The only way we're going to have racial equality is we start tacking our pockets and helping out our pockets. And I say, now think about it. I was born and raised in Hunters Point, San Francisco, California. If you don't know what it is, you can look it up. It's a historical landmark, but it is very notoriously known for a lot of murders, drugs, crime, and poverty. The fuck I look like going into a police station and telling them that I'm a suit here. <laughs> That shit sound funny. So I looked him in his eyes, right? And I said, all right, be honest with me. Right now, something happened to you. Now, that nature. Would you feel comfortable right now walking into the police station and telling them what happened asking for help? He paused for a minute. He said, uh, you could tell he was thinking. He gonna tell me with a straight face. No, but... I said, exactly. Ain't no, ain't no, but you not walking in there. 
we're mentally set back as a race, if you was to say that. Let me say they set us back. We was deprived of things, our whole entire culture. Therefore, there's no way somebody can set us back 50 years if we wasn't given the 50 years to begin with. Number two, it starts all into the mindset. A lot of these young black men out here are not educated. They follow under the lead of other people. They believe what they see on TV and YouTube is true. It, it is real. Nobody got no moral, no ethics no more. Nobody want to stand up and really fight for what they believe in. But here in the Bay Area, we deep-rooted with the Black Panther culture. The Ted Point program. So that's why a lot of us here got those type of morals installed of us. It was embedded into our culture, into our nature. To have these type of morals. So, we got a different mindset. We set back for us educationally, economically, and for us our demographic. Because over half of the African American demographic is incarcerated at this moment. There are more white people on welfare than there is black people. The difference between white people, I'm not even going to say white people. I'm going to take that back. The difference between rich families and poor families is this. Rich family, rich kid, right? It all goes into the executive order. He sees parents coming home, going to work, taking trips, having money. And investing money into other pockets and dovers into the stock market. What we see our parents spending their money on lottery tickets and um, scratchers and quick ways to win to get rich. Get rich quick scams. People want to get rich overnight, they don't want to put in the work. It takes a lot of time. An effort and humility to know who you are, what you are, and what you on this earth, and what you destined to be. We all here for a certain purpose. We all here to serve a purpose. We all here to make impacts. And when I say impacts, I mean an impact on everybody's life, different people's life, your family members, the people around you, your co-workers. You got to find your purpose. You got to find what's your job and why are you here on earth? And you have to serve it. Now, with me being a black man growing up in the ghetto, I've seen friends die at a young age. I've seen friends get beat. I've seen friends get stabbed, robbed, and be homeless, strung out on drugs, incarcerated, everything under the sun. So when they say, can a kid make it out of the poverty? Can a kid make it out of pro out of the ghetto? I say yes. Because, don't get me wrong, you can get caught up into different things. But, if you put your mind on something and stick to it, 
Ain't no telling what you can get out of it. Ain't no telling what you can be in life. Ain't no telling what you can do in life. I was one of those kids who really changed their life all the way around. In trouble left and right. And I said, woke up and said, fuck it, I'm tired of this. I'm finna go to college and I'm gonna make a change for my life. Now, I sit in my office at work. It was hard getting this job I got. It was hard. When I say it was hard, it was hard. But when I got this job that I got, I'm a counselor now. Working with troubled youth, staring them in the right direction so they won't go the direction that I was headed where a lot of my friends went. So that's why I feel as if it's my purpose and my duty to give back and to save as many young men life as I can save by being a strong, positive role model at all times, showing them that it is possible to make it. When they tell you that you can't, you can. I like to look at life from, from different perspectives. I like to cherish life. I like to look at life like it's, it's, it's ever growing. Like you ever look back when you was like, you could say, damn, right? You, like, you ever think back to the past and you say, damn, if I knew what I knew now, I have so much money. I'll be doing this in high school. I'll be doing that in high school. Or you'd be saying, man, when I was younger, I would have been doing this. I'd have, I would have stayed a kid longer. I'm not trying to have that past the age of 30. I don't want to say, damn, when I was in my 20s, I should have been doing this. I should have been doing that. And I'm trying to do this shit now. ASAP, you know me. Because I got to get it in because I believe in myself. I believe that I can be the best that I can be at all times. And I believe that I can do the best what I can do. Now, a lot of people won't believe in me. A lot of people look at me and think I'm a failure. A lot of people might feel as if, oh, he, he think he's better than people. No, I don't think I'm better than nobody. I just think that I think different and I'm on a different element and I'm trying to elevate. I'm trying to expand my life as much as I can. I'm trying to see the end of the world by the age of 35. I'm trying to own a house by the age of 30. It can happen. And it's true. And I'm going to speak it into existence. But the moral of the story is the man in the grocery store. It opened my mind up today. And I opened his up today. So always intrigued into different dialogue. Even if it's healthy or not healthy. Because you never know the message that you can get out of it. Peace out.